Hopefully this works. All right. What is up, everybody? Uh, my name is Chris Perry, uh, and this is episode one of the Modcast. I'm here with Tyler Bedson, my co-host. Um, kind of the reason we started this podcast is we uh, both are fed up with a lot of fitness-related things, and we want to kind of get into them, talk about our histories and what we think can be done better, um, both for ourselves and the industry itself. So um, to give a little bit of an introduction of myself, I am a classic physique competitor, recently competed at Junior Nationals, and we'll talk about how that went. Um, I am an online coach. I've been coaching for about six years now, uh, briefly discussing my history with weight loss and weight gain. Uh, when I was 15 years old, I lost 100 pounds, gained it all back by the time I was 17, lost 100 pounds again, went through a stint of bulimia in 2016, and got down to 160 pounds, and then reverse dieted my way up for about three years um, until I ended up kind of getting into the competition circuit of sorts, um, and I've won a couple shows, I've lost a couple shows, and that's kind of the general gist of it. Um, obviously, I'm very big on talking about mental health and eating disorders and all those things because I've experienced some and that's kind of why I coach is because I want to try to lead people down a path far from what I've led myself down. So uh, myself and Tyler started working together about a year and a half ago, um, become really good friends and it's completely changed my competitive career. Um, he's taught me a lot and so that's why we kind of teamed up to kind of talk about just about anything and everything. So um, Tyler, if you want to introduce yourself now, yeah, my name is Tyler Bedson, and I am the head coach of Built by Bedson, along with my other two coaches, which are my wife, Laura Bedson, and Austin Brown. Um, I started coaching about eight years ago in 2014. Um, I was actually did my first competition in 2015. And from there, I became addicted. Bodybuilding kind of saved my life in a way. Um, not a lot of people know this, but back in 2010, before I ever got into bodybuilding or training at all, I was actually arrested for trafficking marijuana. And that made me go a different route from a lot of the people I was hanging out with at the time. I discovered training, I discovered bodybuilding, and it's become my whole career. Um, all we do for a living is coach. I've coached hundreds, maybe even over a thousand athletes at this point, general nutrition, uh, I've coached powerlifters, I've coached strongman, I've coached bodybuilders, MMA athletes, major league baseball players, it goes on and on. Um, it's something I'm very passionate about, and I've been in the industry for quite some time now, so I see a lot of the things going on and a lot of the topics, and I've got a lot to say. So we're finally going to say it, which I'm yep. super excited about. Yeah, we're going to start some shit for sure. And I'm excited for it too. I've been, I guess I've been in this for like a decade and I've been entirely neurotically obsessive about it. I get that from my dad. He's an electrical engineer. We're very much wired the same way in that sense. And, you know, when I was, I was just having this conversation yesterday when I was 15 years old, like I love learning things that I'm excited about. You know, I yeah. obviously when it came to school, I didn't care because it wasn't shit that I wanted to learn. Um, but when I found something that I was excited about, I wanted to learn anything and everything. And so when I found fitness and I was like, okay, I can learn stuff and apply it and then get better. Like it's just been like an addiction for the last decade. So I spent a majority of my high school career and a majority of my college career for like the 20 minutes I was in college, like just what, like reading elite FTS articles and 
watching podcasts and doing everything else but my homework in school. Um, and so I found it very quickly. I just wanted to, I dropped out, got my NASM and just started trying to work my way through. And, you know, like you and me both, we coach people for free for a long time. And then, you know, at one point I was paying people to like try out my plans. And, um, I've just, I feel like an old man and a veteran in this, even though I'm not in it for that long. And I see so much bullshit that I hate and I just have to rant about it at some point and kind of talk about it. So, um, that's kind of the purpose of this podcast though. Like, I think it's just like, we both have like a very practical perspective on things because we both are coaches and we're both athletes. And I think in certain regards, like we're, I mean, to me, I felt like I was a coach before I was an athlete. Right. And so like, that's kind of been my angle is I started coaching long before I ever anticipated stepping on stage. And then it turns out I'm halfway okay at competing. Um, and it's just kind of come to fruition in that sense, but kind of going into and segueing into it. So we just, as you can see, I'm still very dark and cannot get my tan off to save my life because I got like seven yeah. coats. Um, so we just competed at Junior Nationals. Um, obviously, I've had a lot of people ask about how we did. Um, I competed in Class D. It was my first national showing, my fourth show, and really our, our third show together, but kind of our second show together. It was our first big show together. And yeah. uh, I ended up placing 12th out of 16, which was not the most fun feeling and I'm still kind of processing and going through that. Um, but I think it's a good thing to kind of talk about, you know, where things went wrong, where things could have went better and where they went right. Yeah. Um, that's, so that's do you, big do you want to start or do you want me to start? Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about it. Yeah. So I think the big thing is this was Chris's first national show. And I think there was a lot expected from him, which we wanted to produce, but of course, we were fighting against uh chris's conditioning yeah was the main thing that we got yeah and it was a battle we know we lost i think what almost 40 pounds this prep 45 44 somewhere in there yeah, yeah. and with the the front shot came in i thought pretty good but uh the back shots we could not get the glutes and hamstrings in yeah um i actually went to go see him in nashville and I told him, I was like, we're going to be battling against that. I think I was like, it's worth a shot to see if we can bring it in enough, but we're going to be going based off structure, which isn't going to win in most occasions. Yeah. So we kind of knew going in that we're going to give it a try, see what the judges said. But the most important thing is we were going to get some good feedback because we got to see Tyler Mannion, which was one of the most important things is getting in front of the judges that drudge at the pro and national level. Yeah. So we got to be seen in front of Tyler Mannion, uh, Joe Pascula, a bunch of other guys. Yeah. So he big thing with Chris is I told him, I was like, go back to the night show no matter what, because you see a lot of guys. And I always tell people, it doesn't matter what placing you get. You're at the national level now. Go back and be respectful because – they'll remember you if you came there and you got your feedback. Yeah. They won't care about you if you don't care about your placing. Like, yeah. so it doesn't matter what placing you get. You can place dead last. Go there and try to wait until they're done judging or you can find some time. And that's what Chris and Austin did. They waited backstage and Tyler came back there for like a split second probably yeah. to after the overall trophy was given away for Classic and they stopped him. Yeah. And they said – Hey man, what can we do better? Yeah. And Tyler's there to tell you that. He told him straight up, uh, Chris conditioning. He said, put on some more size. Yeah. And we knew that. You know, he's 20 pounds under cap for yeah. his height, which, you know, 
we just need to take a, a long off season and grow. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the biggest beneficial thing. I think he's got great muscle from the chest, the lats, uh, quads are great, but I think we can use more muscle and hamstrings, glutes, arms, of course. Yeah. And probably some more shoulders. Yeah. So, I, think, I think with, with a lot of this, man, like we, truthfully the the expectations that were had of me of my peers though i am grateful for them like really really affected me this prep like i put an immense amount of pressure on myself and i think it was very counterproductive for the most part because i was just always like i was stressed as shit all the time right um because i had everybody around me like oh dude you're gonna go pro it's yours it's yours it's yours and like I didn't expect to go clean sweep my first ever national show. I mean, that's ridiculous, but, and very few people have ever done that. And so going into it, I was like, I don't know. And like, you know, there were some days I felt like, oh, maybe if it was like last year and only six guys show up and, you know, they like shape and the stars align and I pray to the tooth fairy, maybe it'll happen. But like, that wasn't ever like, I was never certain that was going to happen. You know what I mean? That's like, the thing, I, man. Is I think a lot of people don't understand. Like, you look great in pictures. Yeah. Like, you have a very aesthetic physique. You post a picture of yourself, and people are like, "How can that lose?" Yeah. And I've had people message me that, like, "Oh, he's looking insane," and I'm like, "Yeah, we got some more work to do, though." Like, he's not there yet, and like, yeah. I, I had so many people messaging me, acting like, "Oh, yeah, he's gonna go in there and crush shit," and I'm like, "And you and me both knew, like, no. far from it. Like, we might get blasted." Yeah. 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 And, but I had so many people messaging me just from based on your pictures, like, oh my God, he looks insane. Like he's going to go in there. People shouldn't show up. I'm like, please don't say that shit yeah. because this is the national level. Yeah. Everybody yeah. comes correct. These are bad motherfuckers, dude. And I realized yeah, that. Some of these people are the top of their weight class. They are like barely making weight. And in a way, man, you're the noob. Like that's the thing. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm a like, kid. And like, I, I, the thing that I've, I've come to realize is like, I do have some intangibles. Like my shape is obviously like something that very few people have. And I've allowed that to kind of carry me for, you know, the last three shows that I've done, right? Like my first show I did, I, you know, there was a, it was a big show. It was the Flex Lewis Classic in 2019. And I went in it with no expectations. I think it's why I love that prep because nobody knew me. Nobody expected anything from me. So I could just prep and just like enjoy it in that regard. But I wanted 189 pounds. Right. Yeah. Like I won the overall at 189 pounds. And then when we won at Linda Murray, I was what, like 202 pounds, I think, or like yeah. 201. Like, so I've always competed super light and it works at a regional level, but it doesn't work when there are 16 dudes in your class and five of them are over six foot three and barely making weight. That's I look like a baby, you know, I still think with, with the proper conditioning with, you know, you might've lost probably like, maybe even six to seven more pounds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that would have probably given you a better shot. And I think you would have placed much better because overall conditioning is king at national yeah, shows. For sure. You can't get around it. You try to go there and you're not conditioned. It doesn't matter what your structure looks like. Um, I've seen so many people with insane structures. Like I watched multiple people place, you know, almost last that were incredible structures that should be winning shows. It's just the conditioning part. Yeah. And and it sucks because, you know, I, I feel like national level uh, is basically they're wanting to see who can pay their dues and get as lean as they possibly can. Yeah. And until you can show that you can do that, they're not going to reward you. 
Yeah. Yeah. And they they know what to expect. Like even with Austin, you know, that his feedback was like, Hey, we've seen you better. And when they remember you like that and they're like, what the fuck did you do this time? They'll tell you. Yeah. And now, you know, we know with Austin, it's like, they're not, they don't give a shit how full he is. Yeah. It's, it's, they want him peeled inside out. Nothing yeah. less. And yeah. if you come in trying to play any type of card that's other than conditioning in the men's classes, at least I should say, then you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like I said, man, like we, we're still learning my body and my body, like, I think, you know, growing up obese, like they're, they're, I, it's just stubborn at the end. Like it is just hard. And like, I'm not going to like use that as an excuse. Like I am fully aware. I've spent plenty of time self-deprecating and looking at what I could have done better. And I know what I could have done better. And we've talked about it. Like we're very honest about this, but we like, again, people are like, Oh dude, you're going to win it. And like, I stepped backstage and they called out 16 dudes. And I was like, if I make first call out, I'll yeah. shit my pants. That's the like, funniest thing about junior nationals this year is I think a lot of people saw last year, how there were only six guys in class D and everybody's like, all the class D guys are like, I'm going there. That was, that was me. And then, <laughs> like, and then, they, were, and then yeah. they were like, Oh shit. <laughs> there's yeah, there's like, 16 of us. And then we talk about like the weight situation. So I'm in a really weird spot where I get measured all over the board depending on the day. Yeah, and, you can be class C or class D, like depending um, on who measures you. Yeah, and and like they also and, and I, it is what it is. They put the the measuring thing on carpet. And you're not supposed to do that because it tilts forward. But anyways, so I could have been hided to be in class C, but obviously we didn't want to do that because Austin was in there, and I we would have made weight for class D anyways because I was two hundred and six pounds at weigh-ins at the end of the day after eating and drinking water all day. And um, so we're like, let's just, we'll class D it. So I was literally the shortest, smallest human in that class. And like, you could tell at, like <laughs> giant killers are a thing, but they aren't when you're not in the best shape. And yeah. it was just confusing. The peak was where I was confused because like I, two hours before we stepped on stage, I loved how I looked. I like Sorry. thought it was, super good like i was like okay there's an opportunity like sixth or seventh might be that's where i felt and it was the first time too man we're like and this is where it was like disheartening where i was excited to get on stage i was like yeah i love this like this is this is where i need to be this is the best that i can bring in this current situation and then when we went backstage they immediately threw glazes on us and so we had to just stand there and i stood there for like two and a half hours and there are no mirrors back there for the prejudging. There were for the night show, which confused me a little bit. But I, like, didn't know how I looked until I stepped on stage. And when I got off and saw the pictures, I just, like... That was a body, whole different look than the pictures we took, you know. Yeah, it just, like, I sp like spilled. Yeah, it, no, like, we didn't, really, we didn't eat anything either. That's the thing. So, that was a... Uh, but, you know, that's also the thing is the stage lights show everything. For sure. For sure. Very brutal. That, that, that could have been how you looked like, and we just got good lighting outside. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, and, and then we saw, like, after we fed me, like, it kind of brought everything together. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was like, you, we live and we learn, and like I said, it's not the most fun thing to learn on a national stage in front of hundreds of people in a live stream and all these people hoping that I was going to win it all. Um, and that's been, like, kind of tough to, to navigate, but it's like, we got the feedback we needed. I talked to Tyler and that was like the most important thing to me because truthfully, I did not want to go back. My team no. was ruined. I felt like I, shit. I, I was made not. You, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We. I had. I knew I had to. Like I knew it would yeah. be 
very disrespectful not to go back and do even if it just go out hit my pose wave and call it a day like i had that's to do what that. you gotta do you have to do it man and it's like it, it's it's a respect thing yeah for the other competitors and it's a respect thing for the judges and it shows that you genuinely care even with defeat yeah and that's that's what i'm a big thing with my competitors as you are with yours it's like if they lose you immediately discuss it afterwards and you talk about what you could do better a little bit and then you get the feedback and you get back to work like we we sat there for a good 15 minutes after you get off stage and we talked and we discussed um you know i even asked you what can i do better as a coach yeah and you know that that's that's the type of stuff you've got to do i feel like a lot of people it's like they finish off with a show and they blame each other they blame the judges or they blame anything else yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know like I, I don't know how many people um that i heard i've talked to a few other competitors there's one guy what in class a i think that got off stage and he came out he like i guess threw a hit fit backstage yeah. then i saw him come out and he sat in front of us in a row and he like threw his bag on the ground and he was like fuck this shit this is bullshit like saying he got robbed it's like, dude, and, like nobody fucking overlooked you. There are eight sets of eyes down there, man. And like, we, we know stuff like that. Me and you are just kind of like, you, you can't help the judging. You're not going to, if you come out and brag or not brag, but complain about the judging, that's not going to fix your placing. No, you just, you just blackballed yourself. If you go onto a live stream or anything like that, or you complain on your uh, story or anything about the judging, I feel like a lot of people see that that place better than you or the judges even see that. And then they're like, all right, this dude, <laughs> like, yeah, like I earned, mistake. I earned the placing I got. They know what they're doing, right? Like I'm fully aware that like 12th is where I was supposed to be, where my frustration lies. My disappointment in myself is that like, it was like watching a car crash in slow motion that we like, we, it's like we peaked two hours early and then an hour after the show. You know what and, I mean? And, yeah. I feel like you look pretty decent. I don't think we would have won that show. No. Well, of course, no. not saying that. But I feel like um, that look was a lot better. But overall, it, it's a conditioning thing. Yeah. You know? we, dude, we improved with an eight-week offseason. I think I think this is important to talk about, too, with, like, our history, right? So I'm going to kind of, like, go yeah. through. And this is going to talk about post-show as well because we're going to get into that. But So I did my first show in 2019. Mm -hmm. I prepped for 33 weeks and I won. And at the time, the coach that I was with was one of my friends and he didn't write me a rebound plan post-show. And he knew my history with binge eating disorder because I used to have it really bad when I was bulimic. And he just kind of told me to keep taking my gear and get strong and enjoy myself. And I gained 53 pounds in 21 days. Like... I went from 189 pounds on October 12th. By Thanksgiving, I was 245 pounds. Like, I took years off of my lifespan, for sure. I had edema for probably six months after that. I had edema in my fingers. I could, like, I'd wake up and my fingers would be so swollen I couldn't bend them. And I was working in jewelry at the time. So, like, I literally, like, I couldn't do things. I couldn't do fine-tuned things like working on watches and stuff. And um, so that happened. That was late 2019. Early 2020, I moved to Nashville and started pushing weight a little bit more. And I got up to like 250 pounds and then COVID hit. 
And when COVID hit, I was like already super depressed because like my imposter syndrome was so bad after winning my first show that like I didn't know what to do with myself. And um, I got like super depressed. And when COVID hit, I just stopped training. Like I didn't train one time during COVID. Like I bought a squat rack and then ended up reselling it for like an astronomical amount of money. But I just didn't do anything. And I got like, then I was just like a really soft 250 pounds, right? I was just like chubby. I remember that you started with me like right after COVID and you're like, dude, I was like, so f I was, I, I, I was, well, so I got super fat. Right. And then COVID ended. I started working again. I went back to the gym. I started like recomping. I think I got down to like 220, which I can fluctuate weight and insanely easily. I could think and probably gain 12 pounds right now if I really wanted to. Yeah. And, um, went back to work. I started working on like crawl space project management. So I was working under houses all day. So I was working myself to death. And then that 20 late 2020, I wanted to do like my next off season and really push because I wanted to step on stage in 2021 and um, started experimenting and was really stupid and pushed up to like 1100 grams of carbs because I thought more meant more. And I got really fat. And then in March of last year was when I finally reached out to you and I was like, Hey man, I really want to work with you. Like, cause I'd known, I've known of Tyler since 2019 when I saw him at the Kentucky Derby cause I had a bikini girl there and I saw all these classic physique guys that looked insane and they all walked up to this short man with a big beard. And I was like, who the, who the <laughs> fuck is this guy? Right. I got to figure this guy out. And that's when I found you being was I finally decided to sign on in 2021 because I was apprehensive to sign on with a coach after my last experience, my first experience with a coach. That was the only coach I've ever had. And so we, I sent you my first round of check-ins and you were like, this is, there's a lot of work. There's a lot <laughs> to be done. Cause I was like a, like a skinny fat ish, like two thirty two. like. Uh, you, you came to me in one of the worst positions possible. I looked but, like shit. I looked uh, like absolute shit. I was like, we're, we're going to change a lot of things here, man. <laughs> yeah. And so we, but we started prep basically right then and there. You're, yeah. I was like, dude, I want to do. Knox Classic, and I want to do North Americans, which thank God we did not put me on North American stage because oh that God. would have been so bad. That, that was that was that one year when they had I think uh, like thirty something in like each class. No, not a chance, not a shot. And so, but we spent we prepped from March until September. Uh, I did two shows last year. I did the Knox Classic, got third, and then Linda Murray Classic and won it, and. Then in a, we did a health phase for about a month. So that puts us through September into October. And then we started the first push mid-October. And then we finished the last week of December. And then we started basically started prep again. Well, your health phase was even longer. We did like, I think, eight weeks for your health phase. You might be right. Because I think we started. Your, your I, I prep, literally your think prep my push, was longer. Yeah, I think so we did a longer health phase. Yeah, because my push was only November to the end of December. So it was like seven and a half or eight weeks. And then we started another health phase and a recomp phase and then started prep through this year. So like we probably put on like, I would say arguably probably like six or seven pounds of stage weight, but we only had seven weeks to improve. I've basically been dieting for a year and a half now because I'm a fat piece of shit half the time and I'm tired of it. So that's like the biggest thing. And I think people need to put in perspective and like, yeah, we've made major improvements since we've started together, but like we haven't had much time. And this is why I always tell people like you have to stick with the coach, period. Yeah. Like, dude, like 
I didn't ex- like when we didn't do what we wanted to at the Knox Classic. I wasn't like, oh, it's my coach's fault. I was like, it's our first peak together. We found out that I can't titrate carbs up aggressively hard all week because my digestion just doesn't keep up, right? And then we did the Linda Murray and we won it. And I was like, sick, we did it, right? And then this show, we learned like there's some things that we probably can't figure like we, but my body is adapted every prep, right? Like this, yeah. we found out it responds well to keto, right? Yeah, like, which was a good surprise. For sure. I don't use keto on a lot of people at all. I mean, yeah. it's very rare that I use it, but I was like, man, have you ever tried keto? Cause this is a situation where it might work. And I mean, we put you on that and it was like, body was like loving it, dropping weight nonstop. Uh, getting leaner like almost every other day it was like pictures were just looking drastically different yeah we dropped like dude we dropped like 15 pounds in two and a half weeks off of it yeah and we found out like i can't i can't do the stairs all of prep because it raises my cortisol too high and my body just stops that was one thing we switched over to uh recumbent bike yeah the the bike on a couch basically yeah. and uh, <laughs> and we did that at 130 to 140 beats per minute and i mean he was getting up to two hours a day and of course we would take breaks as needed to kind of yeah. give his body a little refresh but i i tend to see that that works a lot better for some people uh because stairs will i've had some people just lose their legs from the stairs they're so fatigued yeah that it just takes away everything and then you know they're not recovering at all for training so i feel like that took away a lot of inflammation from you too yeah yeah and i and i think and and this goes back to like me taking accountability for like the things that i could have done better you know so i think like we talked about it with the bike there were times like where i was answering q a's on the bike yeah. and i should not have been doing that right like you know, you're not pushing yourself hard enough in my opinion if you can talk while you're doing your cardio at 130 to 140 beats per minute yeah then you're not pushing cardio hard enough and yeah. i remember seeing you doing that and i know you're deep in prep but i should have like i should have messaged you and been like what the fuck is this dude yeah and i know you would have shaped up real quick yeah, I'm always receptive to that. Like I told you this yeah. prep, I was like, dude, bully me. I don't care. And like yeah. it were it, I mean, this is still arguably the best condition I've ever been in. And this is the best that I've ever looked. And that's cool. It's like, do I know that there's probably more? Sure. But like we live and we learn. But at no point did I ever say, like, this is my coach's fault. Let me go find another coach. Because that's not like there there's a reason, like, you know. You look at like Flex Lewis stayed with Neil Hill for what two decades, yeah, right. Like that's they probably manage. when you build a relationship with your coach, it goes so much further, and that's how somebody learns your body. Yeah. I see people switching coaches every year, or yeah. even making like me and you comment on some of these too. Like we talk about some of y'all because you just lateral move with coaches. Coach it's, it's so stupid. It's like you're going to like it's good, like you're going to somebody else that does the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And you're still not listening. Like, yeah. it, it, it's yeah. a lot of us coaches. Like, I'll tell you, there's a lot of good coaches out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of bad ones too, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of good ones to the point where if you go to one of these people and you're not doing well, it's probably something on your end that you could be doing better. Yeah. Because so many of us have good track records and great transformations we show where they've gotten people peeled. Yeah. And, I do. I do think some people work well with different people. Like communication style is a good thing. Like, yeah. you know, me and you communicate extremely well. Yeah. Like, 
we're to the point where if something goes wrong, then we we talk about it real quick. We troubleshoot it together. We have the idea. We're like, all right, man, I think we should do this. Yeah. I think some people struggle to listen to their coach or they don't trust them or they think they know their own body better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of issues arise. Like people will be like, they get two in their head. Yeah. And I, I'm sure you've seen it with uh, clients in the past, but it's like they'll start doing extra cardio or they'll cheat on their diet and not say anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's stuff like that. But if you get to know your coach and talk to him and communicate, it builds such a great relationship where you get past certain issues like that. And, and I keep saying this, man, like, let's just like break it down to the most simplistic thing, right? Like what, what this is when I hire, when you hire a coach, right? At a certain point, you look at yourself and you say, I can't figure this out, or I don't want to figure this out. That's kind of, I was kind of a mixture of that, right? Cause I coached myself for like eight years, eight or nine years of this whole journey. And I just got to the point where I was like, I can coach myself to a certain point, but I, I objectively cannot look at myself and say, these changes need to be made. I knew like me trying to prep myself, just I would I would kill myself for sure. So I finally said, I can't do this on my own. I'm going to go to somebody I trust, which is you, and I'm going to give him my dollars. I'm going to give him my money for him to tell me what to do. So when you tell me what to do, I just do it. Like yep. that's like the 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 notion that I can't fathom is I'll get people and, and they don't stick around for long and they say, Hey Chris, I trust you, man. Whether it's my transformation or the transformations I post or whatever it is, they for some reason they find intrinsic value in what I do. And we have the conversation, they sign up. At all these points, they can say no, right? They can walk out of this deal at any point. I don't have to sell this to them. They've sold it to themselves. And then I finally say, okay, man, here's the blueprint to make you better. And I hand it to them and they read it and they go, I don't want to, you know, and then, but it's my fault. And like you and I both, like, I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of people need to realize when you're looking for a coach is like, you need to find somebody who one has like walked the walk because I will take some unorthodox approaches if it allows for adherence, right? When it comes to food sourcing, meal timing, like I've thrown some bizarre shit because it works. Like I've had a guy who was like, dude, I will murder for salt and vinegar Pringles. So I figured out how to put him in his plan and he follows the plan. Right. So it's like, we'll work with people. I always work with people. So it's not my fault. Right. It's like, I can give you every plan. Tell me the situation as a coach. Like if you tell me what's going on or why things are hard, my job is to troubleshoot and put myself into your shoes to think what would I do to make sure that I'm adherent to this diet. Yeah. And like, this brings me back to a story, uh, Devin actually, who yeah. we'll get to later. We, we actually named this podcast after him. It's the yeah. MO, MOD podcast. Modcast stands for Memories Over Dreams. But um, Devin, I remember one night he was in prep. And this is uh, back, I think, in 2019. And he called me at like 11 p.m., which... Devin doesn't randomly call me like that at 11 p.m., but he was like freaking out. He's like, dude, I just had like a binge eating episode. I ate all these cocoa pebbles or some shit. He ate like a whole box of cocoa pebbles <laughs> and like a bunch of random shit. Yeah. And he was like, 
I'm about to go to the gym and I'm about to go do like an hour on the stair mail, man. I'm so sorry. Like I'll, I'll fix it. And I'm like, no, I was like, I want you to go to sleep mm -hmm. and I want you to go and just check, check into me with me tomorrow and be honest and tell me your weight. Mm -hmm. And he did. And he was down in weight. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I want you to go ahead. And we gave him another uh, scheduled refeed the next day. Mm -hmm. And he went down in weight again. Yeah. But you know what? If he would have never called me and never told me that and just been honest about his struggles, he would have probably went into a spiral of continuing to binge, going and doing that hour of cardio, mm -hmm. never telling me. But, you know, he told me. So we're able to fix it. I gave him, I think, like 600, 800 grams of carbs for like three or four days straight. <laughs> and yeah. eventually his body, like, you know, recovered. He he ended up gaining some weight. And we were like, okay, that did its job. We took him back into some lower lower carb days at like 250. But then he won Kentucky Muscle that year. He won overall. Yeah. And he won uh, Mr. Wisconsin that year. Yeah, that's when I but found him, dude. Because he told me. I'm struggling. And this is at like four weeks out from Wisconsin. He called me. He's like, man, I'm struggling. I just did this. I'm so mad at myself. I'm about to go sabotage my entire prep by doing hour cardio and getting into this rotation of cardio and binge eating. Yeah. He just told me. He all he did. He just messaged me, called me. He he talked to me about it and we fixed it. Yep. But I think a lot of people get so scared of communication and they don't want to admit like failure. Yep. I think it's a pride thing. Like even with general nutrition clients, I'll have people that are like, I got to sit there and like really chew it out of them. I'll, I'll talk to them for, you know, email back and forth. And I'm like, all right, so what's really going on here? And they're like, I'm throwing in extra almonds every meal. And I'm like, well, no shit. I, um, <laughs> Why don't you tell me. And then, you know, I add almonds into the diet constructively. Yep. Boom. And then all of a sudden they get results. And I'm like, all you got to do is tell me like that yeah. was that easy. Yeah, dude, I two stories with that. So like. Like Nathan Trueheart, he's one of my, my one of my best friends, one of my clients. I prepped him last year, and he he came to me at nine weeks out for the Knox Classic. It was natural and already had peeled glutes. His previous coach had like over dieted him to like the nines. You know, he's six one. He was one hundred and sixty seven pounds, I think. And so I had like a lot of stress trying to like put this together for him, right? So I reverse dieted him for a majority, like the rest of prep and he got better and better and we did what we could. He ended up placing third in his class, which was awesome. He loved being on stage. But shortly after, like I knew he was going to have issues with binge eating because he was so restricted. And um, there was the same thing. He, he called me. I was driving to my parents' house in Knoxville. He called me and he was like, I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to lose my shit. Like I'm at Kroger. I'm in the bakery. Like this dude's obsessed with muffins. They're like his favorite thing on the planet. He's like, I'm gonna eat like twenty five muffins. He ate like six muffins at once one time or something. Yeah, dude, he he would do refeeds and eat like six muffins and drop weight. Like his metabolism is insane. Yep, he's like he's got more talent and gift than he realizes. But anyways, and so he calls me and he tells me that. And I said, Okay. I said, Well, what I want you to do is I want you to go and grab like a pound of strawberries and a pound of watermelon and a two liter of diet, whatever. I don't care, diet Sprite, whatever it is, and like a Snickers bar. And he's like, Okay. And I was like, FaceTime me so I can watch you do it. And he FaceTimed me and he's like clearly about to lose his mind. And he grabs it all and he like goes to his car. And I'm like, I, I said, Prop up your phone. And he propped up his phone. I was like, I'm going to keep talking to you and just eat. We just talked about whatever, and he ate. And 
I think he probably ate like maybe nine total ounces of fruit and drank half a two liter. And he's like, okay. he's, I was like, are you full? He's like, yeah, dude, I'm like miserably full. And I was like, okay, cool. You're fine. Like you, you're okay. Like you ate 70 grams of carbs probably. Strawberries are a huge trick. Honestly, I've, I've used that a lot in reverse diets. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty adamant on, which is one of the big topics we're going to talk about today is reverse diets. But, um, I'm pretty adamant on when people come out of show, I, I program a lot of the foods they've been eating in prep, but mm -hmm. I tell people, if you are hungry or you feel like you're going to binge, I want you to eat more of what you're already in your plan. Yeah. Except for the fats. Like I don't want you binge eating peanut butter and almonds. That's where I yeah. think people really screw up. Yeah. But I'm like, if you want to eat as many strawberries as you can, or if you want to add some extra potatoes or you want some more chicken, go ahead. Yeah, because that's much better than you know going to eat fourteen cookies yeah. or candy, and that's what you see a lot of people doing, and that's where they really screw up. Is they're like, I ate a whole box of pop tarts, and it's like, well, that's on you. Like that was a, just a a very undisciplined decision. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like I had a, I'm, I'm sure she won't mind me talking about it because she's been pretty open. Jessica Briggs, she yeah. won overall figure at Kentucky Derby. Mm -hmm. Came out of prep. And I told her this exact same stuff. I was like, just be honest with me on your deviations list, on your check-in, what all you did. That way I can make calculated decisions on my end as a coach. And, you know, she put on there like Tuesday, extra six ounces of chicken, extra 200 grams of potatoes, extra 250 grams strawberries with meal this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I would be like, all right, let me go ahead and up her protein throughout these meals, add some more chicken, I added some more potatoes, I added more strawberries as I needed to, stuff like that. So it was in her plan. And she did fabulous job, man. Like she's still in a good lean spot. She grew muscle. It kept her away from binge eating a lot of like junk food, yeah. which, you know, everybody has their problems with it, you know, and most people just don't admit it. I think a lot of people reverse and they think like i'm hardcore and they're like i didn't mess up at all and it's like yeah but you decided to stay on 50 micrograms of t3 and you're doing fucking adderall and shit to not eat yeah and you don't want to admit it and i yeah. think a lot of people are doing having these episodes but they don't want to they're, they're too prideful to admit it yeah yeah dude like i don't and that's one of those things man like post show is hard and like there are you know, social media obviously has its good values and its horrible ones, but we see like these examples of people who are legitimately sociopaths who stay lean year round post show. And mm -hmm. people think that's what you're supposed to do. Like that's the standard. And it's like a lot of these people are the people who are taking T3 and T4 and clean year round and they're taking X, Y, and Z cutting drugs. And they're literally like, it's a, it's a disorder. You know what I mean? To it, become, it becomes a serious disorder and it's okay to gain weight. And I think a lot of it is people think are fearful of what others will think about them when they go back to a healthy body fat percentage, For sure. um, which, which is for everybody, male and female. Mm -hmm. I remember I was so nervous my last show and keep in mind, I've competed quite a few times. And in 2019, when I came out of my last pro, I stayed lean for like 12 more weeks. And I still was pretty damn conditioned at striations and my quads and everything for 12 more weeks. And I struggled, though. That's the thing is I, I've told people about it. Like, I remember uh, I came out of that show and I was like, I'm going to be so good about this stuff. And I remember one of my friends, uh, super nice. She brought over some cookies. 
-hmm. And she's like, I noticed that a lot of people like had a lot of those cookies I made you. So I went and made you another batch. And I'm like, oh, fuck. (laughs) So, you know, I put them in the freezer and I'm not the type of person to binge eat. I don't ever really eat off plan. Like I'm very strict. Like even if I go out to eat somewhere, I order close to what I normally eat on pretty much every occasion. And I remember I woke up in the middle of the night. It was like 2 a.m. I go downstairs and I'm sitting there like, I got to eat something. I got to eat something. And I was like, start cooking some chicken. I was like, all right, I'm gonna eat this chicken. I ate that chicken. I was still like hungry. So I was like, took these cookies out of the freezer. I was like, I'm only going to eat two. And I like put them on a plate. I thawed them out in the microwave and I ate those two. And by the end of it, I ate all of them. Oh yeah. And I remember I was looking at myself in the mirror, like, who the fuck are you? Like, this is not you at all. This is not something you've ever done. Yeah. And you, you can't, you can't help it. It's almost like you don't even feel like yourself and it's like, you're so frustrated. And I remember the rest of the time after that, though, what I did was like, I had a, you know, simply potato hash browns in my diet. And anytime I got hungry, I was just like, I'm going to make as much of these as I want and I'm going to eat them. And I did. And I would do that like one time a day. I would just eat like this giant 600 gram or 700 gram (laughs) bag of potatoes, which I think is like roughly like 150 or 160 carbs. And I would just sit there and eat it. And it kept me lean though. It was like my body was accepting it. I'm not saying everybody should do that, but it was a much better decision than me eating a whole box of cookies. Lesser of two evils, man. That's how I look at binging. And and again, we're not experts on this. So like, this is just me speaking on my experience. Like I found for me with binging, if I have to binge, I have to binge. I have to. Like, there's not a thing on this planet that will stop me. And I've tried it all. I've tried nicotine. I've tried anything you can imagine. I have to eat something, right? And so for me, it's just like, I have to pick the thing that won't make me feel guilty. Because I think that's what causes that negative feedback loop. And it just causes... Yeah, like, why did, I, why did I choose this? Like, what, you finish yeah. it, like, why did I do that? And then some people, like, that's where I feel like a lot of people get into, like, bulimia and stuff like that, that's, too. Because that's what happened to me. That. Yeah. yeah. Like for me, like I remember last year, like I had some, some personal problems, like relationship issues and I reached out to you and I was like, dude, I'm going to lose my shit and eat. And you're like, get a bag of frozen green beans and just eat as many as you want. And that's well, what I did. Cooked them. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like they were, they were cooked. They were cooked. But like, you make it sound like I'm making you chew like ice cream beans. <laughs> But like, but granted, like when I, like I was so desperate, I probably would have eaten them frozen. You know what I mean? Like I was in such a bad spot. That's the thing is like, even when I worked back in the day with uh, Alan Kress, um, I remember I was coming out of a show when I 